0: To save six figures with Gina Knox, the podcast where I coach you on how to save a hundred thousand dollars by optimizing your cash flow. Hello, savers, and welcome back to the podcast. I am very excited because I have Erica Cruz with me here today. She is a client in seven figure wealth. She is the founder of Courage Driven Latina. She's a speaker, she's amazing, she's phenomenal. So Erica, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us who you are?
1: Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I was so excited when I got the email to be on the podcast, when I got the invite. So, Hi, everyone. My name is Erica Cruz. As Gina mentioned, I am the founder of Courage Driven Latina. I'm also a speaker, so I get to do really fun speaking engagements. I also create content for different brands. Gina actually just sent me a screenshot of one of the QuickBooks ads I was in. Um, so yeah, I my business is all about helping women, specifically Latina women or any Any person that comes from an underserved community to help them take action on something that they know they want to do, but they're afraid of doing it. So maybe that's starting a business, launching a podcast, starting to date after a divorce, being the first in their family to go to therapy. So my kind of bread and butter is courage, which means that you still do it even though you're scared, right? It doesn't mean you're fearless. Courage means that you take the action regardless of the fear. So that's kind of my specialty.
0: I love just the word courage alone it kind of gives you chills because you get a sense immediately of what it is that you do um and i feel like with money too like it takes a lot of courage to face your money have you yes. ever had that experience <laughs> how have i had that experience <laughs> know, yeah so a little cheeky question
1: <laughs> as a founder of courage driven latina there's i literally am always so i have all my clients work on a courage project While they work with me inside of my program. And I always tell them I'm working on courage projects every day as well. And sometimes multiple courage projects at a time. And I think a big part of what I've been working on lately is my money courage project, especially as an entrepreneur. Because at the beginning of starting my business, it was just, are we going to make enough money to survive and not have to go back to a nine to five and have to go back to tech? And that was the main focus. But then, I started to make money and I still wasn't looking at my overall money. I was too busy looking at my profit and loss statements. And those ones tended to be negative because I was rebranding. I was traveling. Like there was a lot of expenses going on and I just stopped looking at my money because it was easier to avoid it. you know, like, like a lot of things in life. And it wasn't until Gina coached me on looking at my money, not just my personal money, because I wasn't paying myself very much, but also my business money, which is also my money. And it wasn't until you coached me on looking at my money that I realized, oh, shoot, I actually have money and this should probably be invested. And
0: it did take courage to take that first step. Money is, I find one of the easiest things to avoid. It's so easy to put it mm-hmm. on the back burner and I would say like as a coach my biggest um not struggle but the thing that I constantly have to work at with my clients is financial avoidance. It is the number one barrier for most people and it's so insidious because most of the time I find avoidance is born out of fear or like some underlying yeah some underlying fear of like what you're going to see what you're going to find and it can be like to speak on like courage how do you get over your fear and do something courageous anyways
1: yes i'm going to answer that but can i make a quick connection that i think you're going to really like <laughs> okay so there's um attachment theory right so there's avoidant attachment and then anxious attachment And when I was at a meditation retreat a few months ago, uh, we talked about how we either avoid our thoughts or kind of cling on to our thoughts. And those are the two things that we tend to do. Or we avoid, we try to avoid, you know, just sitting in the discomfort of meditation because we don't like to be with our own thoughts. So we either cling onto a thought or we just completely try to avoid in general. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is just like attachment theory, which can totally happen in business. And I think with money, people will either have an anxious attachment with money or an avoidant attachment with money.
0: A hundred percent. Yes. A (laughs) hundred percent. Like I see people like either go full on avoidance or spend hours in their spreadsheets, hours. And I'm like, what is going on here? (laughs) So Gina's over here doing the Lord's work, helping us develop a
1: secure attachment with our
0: money. Going back to the question of like that fear, when you a lot of us experience financial fear, it's super common. How would you coach someone on getting, building up the courage to take that first step?
1: Yeah, so I think we have been conditioned to hate fear and make it, you know, the, make it our enemy, but fear is not necessarily our enemy. So I think when you're looking to do something courageous, the first step is acknowledging that there is fear and acknowledging where this fear is coming from. Because I truly believe doubt and fear is just data. It's just information. It's just here to tell us something. So especially with money, I think what was happening for me specifically, the fear was coming around. I don't want to have to go back to work. So I'm just going to hold on to all my money and not invest it and just not even really look, but spend less than I think I need to spend to find safety inside of my business. But then, so the first thing is understanding where the fear is coming from and also validating it. Because a lot of times this fear is nothing more than our inner child, or maybe the narratives that we heard growing up. And then after you validate it, you don't want to stick with it. You want to then challenge it. Like, okay, now let's really think about how this does not make sense. Well, how is this fear just getting in the way? So in the context of me investing my money, well, that makes no sense hoarding my money and keeping it in a savings account is actually losing money because of inflation when it could be working for me. And I'm over here worried about, you know, growing my launches when my money could be working for me this whole time. And that could give me a lot more security. So um f- step 1 is acknowledging the fear, step 2 is validating the fear, step 3 is challenging the fear, step 4 is even just asking yourself who would I be without this? Like what's on the other side of courage? Because typically you desire that a lot more than desire than staying in that comfort zone. And the way to do that a lot of times is through working with a coach like
0: you or getting coached. That is gold. Those four questions. <laughs> We're going to have to read that back. (laughs) I don't even know what I said anymore. No, we're going to have to like re-listen to this podcast five times. That was so good. And I think that um, that is exactly like, I think the thing that I'm clinging onto a bit is fear is trying to teach us something, right? Like it's an indicator. It's not necessarily bad or good. It's just an indicator. And if we followed that line of thinking, then what would we learn? And to your point, like when you quit your job, yeah, you do want to make sure that you don't have to go back. That's not an unreasonable fear. Yeah. It's a pretty reasonable thing to want to make sure of, but it's almost like, but when is it not serving you anymore? Exactly. Oh, so good. Wow. We're just out the gate with that life-changing advice. (laughs) Okay. I want to switch gears a bit. Not, not totally, but I want to ask you a very open-ended question that I've been thinking about a lot myself, which is what does wealth mean to you? When you hear the word wealth, what does that mean? And what do you imagine that is for you in your life?
1: For me in my life, wealth means peace and ease. And with that comes many different important layers. So yeah, financially is is one part, but what about wealth and community and having a support system, right? Because I, if somebody gave me a million dollars tomorrow but said you could never talk to anybody again, I probably wouldn't want that, right? So it's so I think um wealth, I well, you know what, when I think of wealth, that word is also abundance to me. So I think when I think of abundance, it's an unlimited supply that is divinely in, inherited to me as in like it is my birthright right we are all supposed to be wealthy so when i think of wealth i think of abundance and when i think of abundance i think of my birthright not just mine all of ours so while yes finances is one of them i also think of community as i mentioned health because again if somebody gave me a million dollars tomorrow but they're like oh but you have cancer and like you're you're only going to live for one more day like seriously like us. we're not going to pick the million dollars. So, but there's also just a wealth of opportunities. And I think when we think in that context, we don't think, oh, if Gina's winning, I'm not winning. Or if this person's winning, I'm not winning. Whenever we really tap into wealth, we realize that there is an unlimited supply of opportunities, of money, of, of creativity, of wins, of different things that exist for all of us. So overall, I think wealth to me means abundance and we, it's something that we all can have
0: and should have. I love that birthright, right? Like I feel the same way where when I think about my entire community being wealthy, I'm like, that world is better. That world is so much better when we all have all of the different types of wealth, like you said, not just financial, but health and community and ease and peace and time and all of the things Yeah. Um. that really hit. Where do you feel that abundance of wealth right now? And where do you want to work on calling in more wealth? (laughs) Jeez,
1: you should have known when you invited me on this podcast. It might be a little inappropriate. (laughs) Oh,
0: I I wait. I can't wait now. What what are we going to talk about, Erica?
1: (laughs) Okay. The first thing that came to my mind (laughs) is... Right now, I feel like (laughs) i oh, this is great. Right now, I feel like in my life, the first thing that came to my mind was an abundance of pleasure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And as you know, I teach my clients the four M's and the fourth M is masturbation. But I think pleasure isn't just like sexual pleasure. I think I'm at this phase in my life where I'm realizing Just like abundance is our birthright, so is pleasure. And so many times we unintentionally cause pain upon ourselves. So I've been allowing myself to feel pleasure in a lot of areas of my life, whether this means, you know, with like a partner or with myself, but also I was recently in Houston, Texas, visiting some clients. And I booked this Airbnb that had a bathtub inside of the bathroom. And I got in the bath and had a bubble bath every night. And I was like, this feels like pleasure. And even just getting the food I actually want to get, like I went I took my client to, to dinner And we were looking at the pastas and I was like, let's get the truffle pasta. And I was like, I'm happy to pay $60 for a pasta right now and really enjoy every bite or going out to dance. And so I feel like in my life right now, there's been a little bit of an abundance of pleasure. Like I deserve pleasure, whether again, that's food, um, experiences, different things like that, which for a long time, I did not allow myself to have. It was like, oh no, I shouldn't go have fun. I should stay home and work or... Uh, dancing and staying up feels irresponsible when I know that I have an 8 a.m. meeting tomorrow, even though I'm not drinking or, oh, you know what? I'm just going to get this pasta because it's more affordable. So and so I think that's what's been in abundance for me right now. And I think where I'm calling in abundance is um, in my financial security of investing. And and I feel like that's exactly what your program is helping me do, And I have started to do the math on like, okay, how much can I actually put into the stock market? But since I've joined your program, I've put in a lot of money in the stock market. So, and then as you know, there's been some other purchases. So I think where I'm calling in abundance is just trusting that I'm going to continue to bring in more money. So even if I invest this money, I'm still going to have more cash flow coming in. And I can always take the money out if I need
0: to take the money out from the stock market. So that's, that would be my answer. That's like my fail safe for all my clients. I'm like, it's okay. If you can, you always can take it out. <laughs> that's like the biggest thing where people are like, I don't want to put it in. Cause then I'll never be able to take it out. I'm like, no, you can always take it out. It's your money. Your money's your money. Um, This is interesting though, this idea of pleasure. And like, I'm hearing one, I have to know what gives me pleasure. And then I have to allow myself to have it. Yeah. And sometimes we don't know. Sometimes it just happens upon us. Like the truffle pasta, you may not have known that was on the menu, but you know, when you see it and you want it and then allowing yourself to have it. I wonder how, how do you think that relates to money? Because there's one thing to say, I want a million dollars. And then how do you translate to allowing yourself to have that?
1: Yeah, it's one thing to say that you want a million dollars, but why do you want a million dollars? What kind of person will you be with a million dollars? Who can you help with a million dollars? And I think a lot of times whenever our business or our lives are focused on us, 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 that's when we get in our own way. Personally, for me, it's a lot easier to accept abundance whenever there it's tied to a bigger mission and a bigger purpose. So my, my program before it was called Courage Driven Latina, it was called Purpose Driven Latina. And it's everybody who works on projects, it's always service oriented. So in my personal opinion, the way that you can allow yourself to receive the abundance or receive the million dollars is knowing that when you receive that, you're going to make the world a better place as well. It's not just for you. And even if we think about the self-coaching model, usually our unintentional thought is about us and our abilities and our worthiness and our intentional thought. A lot of times it's a lot easier to believe it when we make it about The people we want to serve like oh when i have a million dollars i can help my mom retire or when i have a million dollars i'm gonna have enough financial security to create all the free podcasts and all the free workshops and help so many more people and impact so many more people so it's not just about the money but why you want the money and the person that you'll become with the money and then once you identify who that person is that you are going to be with the money and you like that then start to embody that person. And I think that is probably the best way to call
0: it in. I think that something that's really interesting when it comes to thinking about the person you are with a million dollars or whatever dollar amount really doesn't really matter. um, Something that I hear often is money changes you, right? And like, especially, I mean, we're both in the Hispanic community. Like there's a lot of thoughts about rich people and wealth and who, what kind of people rich people are. And, um, you know, we, there's this, this trope money changes you. And my perspective is money doesn't change you at all. Money just makes you more of who you already are, or it allows you to express more of who you already are. So if you're already a shitty person and now you have a lot of money, now you can be a shitty person at magnitude at, at scale. Yes. (laughs) But if you, if you think about what kind of person you are now, what things are you already doing now? If you think about money as a magnifier, that is what will happen. You will magnify who you already are. And how might that version of you really actually be the version of you that you want to be, right? Versus being afraid of how it will change you and make you corrupt or make you a bad person or, you know, like, money is the root of all evil. All of these like tropes that we've heard over and over and over again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. And I think, especially in our community where we're we, one of the big fears that comes up, if we think about courage, right? Like the first step is identifying the fear. One big fear that maybe people may not even recognize is we prevent ourselves from getting too big because we don't want to be removed from the tribe. Mm. We don't want to be looked at as this other and that's just our brains wanting to keep us safe because just a few hundred years ago, if we were removed from the tribe, when we did live in tribes, that meant death because we actually do require community for survival, especially if you come from an immigrant community where, you know, imagine being an immigrant and not having a community at all. Immigrant, my parents had uh, cousins or aunts or they helped other people immigrate, right? So like we really do depend on other people's approval for survival and that can sometimes even be a block for us when we come when we're leaving the identity of the norm within our community and building wealth for example and we're like oh wait what if i'm no longer accepted but i think to your point it's just going to make you who more of who you are so it's important to switch that narrative from oh they're going to look at me as like who do you think you are now or se or they're too good for me now to the person who gets to show them the path to get to where you are. Because the goal isn't you get over here and the rest of your community stays back there. It's like, how can you get to where you're going and pave the path for more people to come with you and then just move the whole tribe up?
0: Yeah. It's like a rising tide raises all ships. I think that's the saying. Yeah. That sounds like a saying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When you were talking, I wanna go back when you were talking about, you know, in your last launch, maybe subconsciously blocking yourself from thinking about supporting 40 clients, I was starting a piece of apart and I'm like, this is really interesting because we have this question. What would it take to create a certain dollar amount? Maybe it's a million or another dollar amount. And then I, I would want to question, where are you resisting that reality? Like if you're thinking about your next six-figure launch, what would it take to have a six-figure launch? How many clients would that be? And then where are you resisting that reality? And then how can you allow that? And also to the previous um, conversation about fear being an indicator, well, why are you afraid of supporting 40 clients? There must be some truth there and there might actually be some work to be done there. And what if that's totally fine, right? What if your systems do need to be updated or Mm -hmm. your curriculum does, or like whatever, where is that fear showing you that you need to do a little bit of work? And also at the same time, how can you allow yourself to support 40 clients?
1: Yeah, do you want me to answer the questions? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think the fear is coming from, I want people to get results. And if there's 40 people, am I going to be able to know who each person is and give them the experience that every other round has received from me? And secondly, it's knowing that I also am ready to refresh the curriculum. That's one of the things I, I came to, to realize because I'm no longer excited about the curriculum. It still gets people results, but I think I just have so much data at this point from having over 150 people in my program where I can totally improve the curriculum. It's just about sitting down to do it. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. And then lastly, um, interestingly about, you know, with money, but like, I do need to invest in a support coach, which is when I invest in a support coach, it doesn't just fall on me. Like what if these people even get better experiences in the program because it's not just me and they get somebody else's perspective as well. And somebody who's being paid to be there every day when I'm traveling and when I'm busy doing speaking engagements and when I'm busy doing these other things.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. That's been one of my favorite thoughts. I have a co-coach and six figure saver, Jennifer Dem Brown, shout out. She's amazing. She's so good. I swear I like always joke I'm like Jennifer you're better than me. You're a better coach than me. And the the fun thing too is I think like we have very complementary styles. I'm a lot more like straightforward and go do this mm-hmm. and like a little bit like drill sergeanty and she's so much more understanding and loving and nurturing. I love it. I'm a little bit Hispanic mom, okay? <laughs> like we're going to tell you what what to do and how you look and what to eat all the things. Um and what I've loved about that is she has helped clients crack clients that I couldn't crack. Right. And, and I crack clients that she can't. And like the two of us, and hopefully one day we'll be even a bigger support staff will help more people because, because different styles of coaching land different with different people. Right. And how could that be a good thing? Not a bad thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And how could having access to both of those different styles give them a more holistic transformation?
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. Okay. We have a couple minutes left. I want to talk about your journey so far in seven figure wealth. Can you tell us a bit about where you were financially when you joined back in May and where you are now?
1: Back in May, I didn't even know how much money I had. Um, I was like, I am not going to buy a house. I am all about this like freedom life and Yet, I wouldn't get myself to pay for Airbnbs because it felt like a waste of money. It was just a lot of avoidance, I think. A lot of focusing on building more money, but not managing the money I already had. So, since joining... um <laughs> I have began to finally invest in the stock market again because I felt burnt after 2020 when I invested in all the wrong things like Peloton and the ARKK, I think it was called. And like, I invested in all the wrong things, but now S&P 500 is my jam. (laughs) So I have not avoided my money anymore and I'm not obsessing over it either. I'm just throwing in lump sums, but then I also purchased a house with my mom. In Mexico to help her retire, but we're also going to Airbnb it out. So it's an investment property and because she already has one retirement home, but she wanted a house in this city. And I, I like want to spend time in Guadalajara as well. So, and we, it's a very great location. So we'll be able to Airbnb it. And now I'm looking to purchase a home in California. So, um,
0: I <laughs> very different than when Literally I two months ago, I'm going to be a nomad forever. <laughs> Two months ago. And now we're on to home number two. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: Yeah. Which I just have to say that the modules were, I know I sent you a message in Slack, but I feel so much better going into the home buying process after watching the modules, like the, what was it? A to Zillow or Zillow. Zillow to Keys. Zillow to Keys. There we go. I love the name. Yeah. So now I'm like, oh, I know what questions to ask. I was already like, okay, the realtor we're working with, fuck that guy. We're not working with him anymore. Um, And, you know, even just the one about I'm not even sure what this process is called, but that point where you can take things really personally because they start to question all about your finances, the underwriting, underwriting. It's
0: called underwriting for everyone listening who doesn't know what that is. It's when you actually get the loan, the mortgage written, and they pester the shit out of you the whole time. They, they ask you every little nitpicky question about all your finances and it can feel really activating. So we have an entire training just on underwriting. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And that was even though I'm not even in that phase, the fact that I'm an entrepreneur, the way that people are treating me or asking questions. So the realtor was like, Yeah, your mom's probably going to have to buy the house on her own because, like, we don't think you'll qualify. And I was like, Do you know who I am? (laughs) Have you seen my QuickBook ads? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Totally kidding. But I was like, You know what? This guy just doesn't get it. And it is a risk to invest in entrepreneurs. Like, I also have to think about it in a more so that training was so helpful. Even for this phase that I'm in right now, where I'm still figuring out which home to buy in Southern California.
0: yeah, it's like preventative in a way. like I know this could be coming. And by the way, it's not always bad. Like we kind of make it a big deal in the curriculum in case it happens, but sometimes it's easy. Um but but yeah, like I always I'd say in the training, when the underwriters are, questioning every single financial decision you've ever made in your life you have to remember that they're just doing their job and your only job is to know that you can answer every single one of their questions but that their questioning is not a reflection on you it's just their job (sighs) I've coached like a couple people now through that process and it can be so activating oh my god (laughs)
1: Yeah. And then the mortgage calculator that you have in there, I was like game changer. So it's not just like you're giving us, you know, like you're actually showing us step by step how to do things. And I think I really appreciate that because you make it so accessible. You just do a really good job of taking these complex topics and making them simple. And then I love all of your analogies. Yeah. They're great.
0: (laughs) My little analogies. Well, I think like I, the reason I find it important to have it be so simple is I asked really like my dad was a big influence on me in terms of my wealth building journey. And I asked him all these questions, but he was a lawyer, and he would explain every little complex thing in all the lawyers speak and all the big words. And I spent a lot of time like taking what he said and then deciphering it or like asking him to use analogies. And I would just pester the shit out of him until he explained it in a way I could understand. And I'm like, okay, we, we're not going to do that.
1: <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
0: we're going to start with the analogies. We're going to start with the simple. And when you do pair it back, like money is quite simple, but we make it really complicated. And like, I think it's important to come back to that, that basic level in a way. Agreed. Amazing. Okay. Now that you have set up your stock market portfolio, you're in the process with the homes, where do you feel like you want to work on your money next? What is next in your wealth journey?
1: I think next in my wealth journey is creating a budget for ID... G A F, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, you know, just how can I allow myself to have fun, fun money, but have money dedicated specifically for that? So, whether this is going to go spend a month somewhere because I'm still doing the digital nomad life, right? So, that or I've really gotten into like salsa and bachata dancing lately, and there's a lot of opportunities to travel for that. And this is a hobby that is not making me money, but it kind of is making me money because it's getting me, it's bringing joy to my life. And when it's helping shape my identity, which in the end will help me make money. But I think my Mexican American brain is saying, oh no, you can't go spend money on that because that's not going to make you money. So I feel that that is probably the next step for me. So, and then automating my, cause I haven't automated them yet for the stock market, automating the uh, investments for the stock market. And then obviously Finally, making a decision on a home and purchasing it, but I also would like a a fund of just like fun stuff, so just,
0: just just like a few things. Yeah, stock market and buy the house. But <laughs> I don't give a fuck fund. I love that idea. I'm gonna write that down. I don't give a fuck fund. That's really good because I think like sometimes even if we have a number in our savings account like forty thousand. We can sometimes prevent ourselves from spending it because we think, well, I should save that or I should keep it for emergencies or I should like whatever.
1: All of the shoulds,
0: yeah. All of the shoulds coming back to, right? Like the fear, right? Mm -hmm. And I love just taking a portion of that out and saying, no, this is just my, I don't give a fuck fund. This is just for fun. So good. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Erica. Where can people find you? I know there's lots of places they can find you, but where can we send the people?
1: (laughs) So it's actually pretty easy because it's the same name everywhere. So it's at the Erica Cruz and that's Erica with a K. So E-R-A-K-A. You can find me on Instagram, on TikTok, on LinkedIn. Let's see where else. That's also my website. And then, um, I am launching, is it okay to actually say that? Okay. (laughs) Hell yeah. Let us know. Okay, great. So we just closed enrollment for Courage Driven Latina, which is uh pretty much a program to help people start and just get that first step going. But a lot of the people who've graduated from that program have already started and they're just looking to kind of grow and go from more hustle to attracting. So that is where Magnetic Mastermind was born, which is a mastermind that's all about life and business coaching for women entrepreneurs to help them go from that hustle mentality to attracting mentality. So kind of like from like very masculine to some feminine energy, and it'll help you improve your strategy, spirituality, and yourself. So I'm super excited about it. I'm literally creating it as I go, but (laughs) if you're interested, you can find that on my website.
0: Amazing. When is that launching? When can people enroll?
1: People can enroll in August. So coming up soon. Yeah, yes. we get started in September. It's a quick turnaround. I'm okay. like, where's it going with it?
0: <laughs> Amazing. I'm so excited to hear all about it. Well, thank yes. you so much, Erica. Thank you for having me. This was great. This was so good. All right. Take it easy, guys, and we'll see you in the next episode.